Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and this is episode 100. Unbelievably. Um, who would have thought when we started this just over two years ago we would have got to this point? Probably would have got bored and given up or it wouldn't have been uh, financially viable. But here we are. I'm joined today by... Matt Island. You get the honour uh, of being, uh, being on the 100th episode. I didn't realise I wasn't paying attention and um, the guys that edit uh, the, the podcast from Sound Rebel said, oh, it's episode 100's coming up, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, I need to go and organise something and try and get various people together. And, and, and I didn't. You know. it's just, I'll go and work on something else. Maybe episode 103 or something might be a bit different. <laughs> Don't know. In the meantime. As I say, yeah, in the meantime, you've had to make do with me. Yeah, well, this is just a standard. This is just a standard issue. General purpose podcast about lorry driving in general. A little bit of truck shows thrown in, and a little bit of complaining about uh, the cost of fuel, uh, and that will probably uh, take us about forty-five minutes or so, as usual. I think. Yeah, I expect so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool. anyway, as of this week, I've been back out driving all this week again. I'm, I'm doing. I'm managing to do what I set out to do. I've been out uh, January, February and March so far, uh, different trucks doing different things. I'm out in an eight-wheeler Volvo FM420, which is a truck that has been seen quite regularly on social media. Volvo had it at the commercial motor tipper test. Um, and it's uh, on the video clips for RTX as well, that grey um, grey sort of Audi Nardo grey-coloured thing, which is uh, very nice. We'll get to that in a bit. You've been out driving again this week i believe um and amongst your well you've got quite a you've got quite a variety of stuff on the go at the moment between different driving jobs and doing the driver training aren't you what, what have you been up to since i last spoke to you which wasn't that long ago actually yeah it's only a few weeks ago wasn't it i've done a, a week on the van doing the european stuff again that uh, it went from i was actually going to go to belarus uh which then Changed, oh. which then changed to Poland, but then changed to Poland when I couldn't go. So I ended up just doing two. I did back to back skip holes and then one to Luxembourg and back in in a week, which was all very civilized and nice and nice and easy, nice little mm. jolly jolly around. Um, and then just back back to driving. I think um, I haven't done a huge amount of driver training because. Uh, my girlfriend started doing a bit and she's been really enjoying it so she's been doing the majority of it which has left me having to having to do some actual driving for a change oh well that's yeah. good then so you said uh, you mentioned Belarus as mm-hmm. a well of course if you don't if anybody doesn't happen to know Belarus is the the state adjacent to Ukraine which is controlled by um, a puppet dictator uh, the guy called Lukashenko who is um, basically controlled by Putin, and it's you know kind of a pariah state now, really. Um, but you mm-hmm. were have you been out there before, out to that part of the world? I mean, I guess you were. You've been right the way across yeah, it when you were doing transit. Yeah, yeah, I've been a couple of times to uh, Minsk, and I've also transited um, well from Ukraine, funny enough, into Belarus, and that was a that was a very long, slow board across, and that was. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've done all of all around that area so mm. it would have been nice to have gone back but obviously the world uh dictated that yeah, <laughs> that yeah. i mean what's it well i've been asked a few i've been asked a couple of times a couple of people have asked me would you like an article in the aid convoy is going out to ukraine and i'm like well maybe i don't really know if there's a lot 
to the journey, really, if you'll just be driving out to Poland and dropping some stuff and coming back, um, which is a, a fine thing to be doing, but I'm, um, I need to make sure that there's a decent sort of story uh, angle to it. I may do it. I got offered this week uh, if I wanted to go out in a truck to Ukraine, uh, well, not to Ukraine, but to Poland, a friend's been offered the chance of taking humanitarian aid out there. But um, how long does it take? to go to the far side of Poland, the east side of Poland, that'd take a few days, that would it, no? About three, just trying to think now off the top of my head, sort of obviously depending on where you're coming from in the UK, and also if you could actually get out with the uh, state of the ferries at the moment as well, which doesn't help, uh, which is another hot topic in the news, isn't it? Um, yeah, P&O, the complete shower of bastards that they are, uh, but... And of course, they've sacked everybody. They've re-employed everybody who's in now one. They've re-employed new people who are on one pound eighty an hour, and then they can just go and like do it. And there was people like moaning um, that this wouldn't have been caused if we were still in the EU. And I was like, well, yeah, it could. It could just as easily have been done um, if we were in the EU. Yeah. That wouldn't have that wouldn't have assisted things at all. But a really a horrible practice by P and O. And people are saying, don't use them, but there might not be a choice. I don't think they were pretty. Yeah, they weren't well liked anyway. But people didn't really um, have another option a lot of the time. Uh, pretty rotten thing to do to all the people who, who worked for them for so many years. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was. So um, yeah, once you once you can finally get a crossing, um, I know it affected GoFetch a little bit because well that we we use Irish ferries all P all P and O, um, but then as soon as it all sort of kicked off. Last week, uh, it was he just started booking again on the channel tunnel just for, mm. for the ease of it. And uh, again, with, with the pet vans, so you go passenger side rather than freight, so you're not too affected mm. by uh, a sudden jump in the amount of trucks going over. So, uh, but yeah, go, going back, uh, just trying to think off the top of my head, you sort of get I've had a good run before from Poland and I've got into Holland to Aston Truck Stop on a full shift from like the western border. And so it's a, a good another day from there. Yeah. So, yeah, about, about three days roughly across, I'd say. I suppose we, we, if you're double manned as well and you've got two drivers, you're going to be able to hack a fair bit off that. Yes. Well. Yeah. yeah, quite, quite well, easily. Uh, so. I well, I'd said I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily have the, 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 the time spare uh, if it was going to be a huge amount of time to be away. I don't know, mate. Uh, I might look back. I, I don't know at the moment. I'm I'm intrigued now though because I kind of I I slipped in my mind that you worked for a long time for Trans Am Trucking, um, transporting all the the musical equipment for all these mega stars all all over Europe. Uh, and you've been to Ukraine and you've been to Minsk and Belarus. Now, what's that? What's that actually like? What are the places? 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 Um, Light was great, you know, you know, I suppose like Kiev or Kiev, what I call it now, is like super developed and everything like that. It's one of the, you know, it's a, re- a really um, sort of um, artistic modern. city, modern city. Yeah, it's, yes. It's beautiful and everything like that. But it's such a, a vast country, a lot of these places. I guess it must be like proper like peasants out in the middle of nowhere who won't. Yes. Yeah, it's still. much at all. No, it's um, and Ru- Russia's much the same. It's sort of similar as well to Romania and a few of the others, where you've got the developed cities where all the all the money is, and outside of there, it's all very much people at the side of the road selling pots of berries and potatoes and things like that. Uh, I mean, driving across Ukraine, it's very, very flat, very 
dull, really. Once you, to be honest, it's all it's quite easy easy to get across. I mean, it's motorway all the way across from the from the border at Chelm um, into into Kiev, as as they call it now. Uh, but it, Kiev itself is a is a great city, uh, and of course you've got Chernobyl, mm. not not far up the up the road. And I actually arranged a trip the last time we were there a couple of years ago in the in the winter time. We had about a week sat there, so I managed to arrange a, a guided tour of Chernobyl with the, one of the official tour companies, which was a real eye opener. It was an absolutely brilliant day out. So, uh, unf- unfortunately, I mean, I'd love to recommend to anybody, but obviously at the moment and probably for a long time to come, that's just not going to be a viable option, which is a shame. Yeah. That's um, yeah. kind of well, obviously, nobody, nobody could honestly really say they knew the first thing about where Ukraine was or where it was on a map or anything like that. The same goes for uh, Belarus, but that, that's interesting. That you know, there's motorway right the way across one side to the, from one side to the other, um, and like you say, like you say, it's kind of, kind of um, flat. I could, you couldn't tell you one thing one way or the other. I was like really astounded by um, I'd seen Moscow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what it was like in like the, the commercial centre and what it looks and everything that looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, what what an amazing city that, that looks like as well. Uh, yeah. So not Maybe. that anybody anybody's gonna be going there anytime soon. I wouldn't no. No, I can't imagine they will be, to be honest. No. So uh and who knows how it's gonna pan out over the next, you know, however long it's gonna be. Who really who knows? It's uh it's a horrible, sad Statement. Yeah, I kind of got into doom scrolling. I've moved on from like, it's like just in twenty twenty, like COVID doom scrolling through my phone, just checking through. I was doing that uh, for for quite quite some time, like sort of the other the other week there, looking through, waiting for the, the sort of impending impending doom. But uh, yeah, we've just got to hope that it hope that it works out um, that peace can and an arrangement can be made soon. I don't really want to get into. Mm. Any more than that? No, um, but I, I'll probably I'll consider. Uh, I may I may well be able to go out there and do some sort of coverage in the magazine. If is anybody is anybody particularly interested in an insight into the aid convoys going out there, hit me up. Um, I would also like to mention just somebody sent me a message on it was either an email or an app or something, and I got the notification on my phone and I lost it because I'd mentioned that I might have been available to do some driving work depending on the circumstances at places out with my normal base in West Lothian in Scotland. Can I find it? So if you sent it, um, I believe you're listening to the podcast, go and get in touch again, please. Just email doogie.ranking at roadtransport.com because uh, otherwise I won't see it or I'll lose it because I'm just rubbish like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out and do, doing yeah, as much driving as possible because, obviously, with, with the cost of living going going up in that as well, I need the extra dosh to pay my for my heating bills and my extra petrol and, and all that as well. You know, it's it's um, it's it's uh, it's all being used on uh, essentials now rather than getting saved for luxury stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I noticed uh, when I went to Luxembourg was it two weeks ago. The diesel had gone up. I mean, Luxembourg has always been, ever, ever since I can remember, like the cheapest place by a long way to go and fill yeah. up. And, and you you divert off, and I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but like mm-hmm. the garages have got twenty odd diesel pumps, you know, just yeah, row upon row. Do, just, don't it's like going yeah. get two and a half, two and a half thousand liters of diesel or whatever. Uh, Luxembourg, yeah. that's what everybody would try to get. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I went there and it had gone up to two euros 11 and it was actually more expensive than what it was what? in the UK. Yep. Good grief. I mean, I was on, I had deliberately gone in there on fumes just because it's traditionally cheaper and it, it worked out cheaper than Belgium and France as well. And I was going to Luxembourg to, to collect from the air cargo terminal, but even still, I couldn't believe yeah, wow. <laughs> when I see it. Yeah. I was absolutely stunned. That's yeah. such a huge in- increase. I, I've, been waiting for everyone to kick along down the supply chain with it, but the cost of fuel knocking up on everything. The cost of fuel's come back down a bit on, on fuel cards this, this week um, for for haulage operations. Uh, I saw somebody say on Twitter they were down nine pence a litre, but it hasn't been, it's not being shown at the fuel pumps. You better believe it that the fuel companies and the petrol stations are absolutely at it with this yes. nonsense. They are holding the prices up and going, ah, you know, because... You, this is the, the excuse for everything now is even though well, we're going to be having massive issues with the cost of living and the cost of everything going up anyway, it's now, oh, Ukraine. Yeah. Well, that's what's making it more expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. Surely you, you've got to, you know, you won't mind paying a bit extra. I saw that uh, sort of stuff coming from like uh, um, America, quite a lot. Biden was saying it and stuff. And, oh, you know, you've got to pay a bit extra. That, uh, because of the war effort and stuff. And that way, it was already getting super expensive before this anyway. With all yeah. this, all this stuff, because they're trying to get rid of um, uh, fossil fuels and everything, but we're clearly not ready for that. It's still, we should be able to um, invest heavily in renewables and green new technology, but we also need to invest in the fossil fuels at the same time because we're not ready. Yet. We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. We don't have yeah. magic batteries and all, um, enough bloody solar panels and, and all this for all that. Which I'm sure no, most absolutely. people listening to this would explain anyway. I was reckoning as well. You know what? Diesel truck, like diesel engines, have been demonised so much in recent years because, like that Audi diesel gate thing. And the thing is, a modern like a Euro Six E now, we're on diesel engine is a fin- it's a masterpiece of engineering. It's an incredible thing. I'm on any modern diesel engine. It's so clean and it's so efficient for what it does that it can be run on fuels. It can be run on renewable fuel, like HVOs, and we should be, like truck manufacturers would never do it, but we should be celebrating promoting the fact that diesel engines like that are so bloody good and they shouldn't be going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anytime soon, we should be appreciating the fact that we've got such clean and efficient diesel engines in these vehicles. Mm-hmm. Why say that? Yeah. But uh, you've been, I mean you've been out I mean you've been out driving um lorries again because you did have a bit of a break from break from that doing one thing and another. Uh, and I think the last time yeah. I spoke to you, you were just about to go out and do some work for uh, Terry Seaman, who um is fairly well known uh, in sort of British truck circles for he ran a fleet of Fodens for a long time. He's still got a couple. He had the last Foden 4000, I believe, which he still got yeah. tucked away. And he built that Fodenized yeah. DAF XF, which wound up a few yes. people last year, which is another bumper issue. So you, uh, you've you been back out driving with Terry. Yes, oh. I did. Uh, I did a couple of days. I can't remember if it was just before or just after I last spoke to you, just a couple of local days. And then I've been back at it today for him. Uh, sadly, not in a, in a Foden, although yeah. the chap, the chap who I've been running with as such is in a Foden himself. So um, how many has he got? Still, how many has he got left? So he's, there's definitely two on the road at least because 
there's the one that I was with and he had come from his house um, and the other, and there's another one in the yard that was still on the road because I was parked next to one that's not on the road. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure how many others are actually out and about. I'll have to ask him for see him. Um, so they are still, still mm. pootling around. I mean, all we were doing today, uh, well, for half the day, as it turned out, was uh, shunting around Great Yarmouth, um, loading out of a shed, and then delivering to a food company about half a mile away. But at lunchtime, the load and shovel sprung a rather large oil leak. No. And, uh, and and that was the end of that. So uh, it was a case of drop the trailer there, ready for tomorrow, and tootle on home. And I was sort of done by one o'clock this afternoon. Mm. Where are you driving? I'm in a little DAF CF. Mm. Manual or auto? So, auto, uh, unfortunately, because it's an older, older girl. Oh, AS Tronic. Oh. So yeah, um, so not the best gearbox in the world, uh, that's to be said. No, <laughs> <laughs> but luckily I'm not driving very far. <laughs> yeah, well, especially especially by a modern modern standards now, it's not uh, the the old Astronics not aging particularly well. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, even I mean the the, the Volvo that we've got at DMPs, which is. I think it's about an 04 or 07. I can't remember exactly with, a you know, an old eye shift. It's still miles ahead of that. And even I was driving a Mercedes Gigaspace uh, last week and I'll be driving it again Thursday. And the gear change in that is is rubbish compared with the, with the old eye shift. It really, I mean, the Merc's six, six years old, I think, and it's just... Not a patch on the, on the Volvo. It really isn't. So it was, I know I mean, that to look back, um, like when the first eye shifts were sort of about two thousand and seven. I think I remember driving because I'll have mentioned it before. But because I I developed a real hatred for automatics early on, early on in my mm-hmm. driving career because I was subjected to. Uh, the, the basically MANs and DAFs with the Astronics and, <laughs> and a, yeah. a bit of it with us with some I, Iveco thrown in there as well. And the, the Iveco was a bit better, but it wasn't really saying a lot. So I wasn't um, I wasn't getting the best of them. So anytime I was well back then, manuals you're getting on ten years ago. So manuals are much more common. So I was jumping at the chance of a manual. But it took a little while for me to finally get to drive a Volvo with um, automatic with an eye shift in it. I think it was there was a 58 play to MSL, which was a 480, and the 480 was considered like a bit, mm, that was that, that's got a bit uh 480 is nothing now, but only a few years ago that was like, oh, that's that's, that's too bad. Right, that's, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and there was that and Drummond had a couple uh, on trunking work. And I just remember coming out and going round a roundabout and easing onto the throttle and it's loaded and you're pulling away. And it didn't change up halfway around the roundabout. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Just straight away, you just it worked properly. It worked with the driver. Now, though, it seem a, a bit more basic now. The fundamentals of that gearbox are so good that I've always said that like good design never goes out of date. It'll always be good, even though you know mm-hmm. it, it gets superseded one way or another. Now, shift is that sort of th- is that sort of thing. You could say the same for say the DAF Superspace cab. You could go back yes. to a 95XF Superspace, which is getting on 20 years old now. Uh, and even yeah. though it's old, it's still, you can still see how good a design it is. Yes, yeah, very much so. And uh, it's funny, we when I was in the Volvo last, the other week, we stopped for a cup of tea in the afternoon um, at, at the snack van at the Orwell Cross and, or the or the Shell garage at the yeah. Orwell, by the Orwell mm-hmm. Bridge, I should say. And 
got chatting to a couple of guys stood there who were doing containers and uh, they were talking about the, you know, the revision with the test and, you know, the fact that everything's automatic. And I just sort of said, well, you know, this day and age, unfortunately, manuals are, you know, really few and far between. Mm. And they both turned around and said, well, we both drive them. And I just thought, well, yes, but you are an exception to the rule. I mean, one of the chaps was known a driver. He's got an O, what was it? O four one six four V8 Scania manual that's now done two and a half million miles, which I thought was quite good. That still doing, con- still doing containers. Right. Yeah. We're going to neck two and a half million miles. What kind of neck is it? And- it was in good nick, actually. Um, he, I can't remember how long he said he'd had it because um, mm. he bought it secondhand. It was, uh, it was a smart looking truck and he's, I sort of know roughly where he's from because I thought I might follow, try and follow him up and follow that up. Yeah, that'd be an interesting, yeah. an interesting thing for for the magazine. That you know, I think it would. Yeah, the fact it's the fact, well, the fact it's an old truck and it's still running anyway. But the sheer mileage that it's done. I mean, quite a lot of them will have will have done that. I, I remember when they were sort of coming to the end of the the lifespan as sort of regular, sort of widespread fleet motors. I remember driving a couple of one six fours that you know. Had like two and a half million on them, probably plus VAT because of our analog tacos and everything like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that made a that made a pleasant change. And the other chap, I think, was in the thirteen plate DAF. I think yeah, it was. The, so the, so that, the majority that of modern, uh, the, the vast majority of modern manuals are DAF or Scania. Yes. They're, yeah. They're yeah. the two. Uh, most most common ones, um, but I say Daf aren't doing it on the new XF, XFXG. Next week, no. I'm going to be driving the new Daf range on a well supervised cool. play date with Mandy from Daf. Uh, so I'll be going Excellent. to go and do some driving in them next week to finally get my get my get my hands on them because I was um, I was like, oh, this has been out a little while now and they're starting filtering into fleets and I don't like not having driven something at all. So I'm quite looking, mm. quite looking forward to that to see what it's like. If anybody listening's got one, give us a shout because I need to get some of them featured in the bag because I did I did so well with like the Iveco S way where we got a whole ton of them in and for feature trucks when they, they came in and I need to do this. I would like to do the same with the, the, the new DAF range. So. Well, my... My mate Alan Daniel at CJ Birds has got one, and and that'll Good be choice. top of the, that'll be top of the range. That'll have every conceivable extra fitted. I I dare say that's a good shout because so, I did so, see that the other day. I was like, that's nice. I'll yes, my shout and see what's happening happening with, with that truck. That would be an excellent candidate for truck and driver. And it'll be it'll be low, low mileage as well because it spends most of its time on a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right enough because it does. It, it goes, that's what it. That truck uh, transfers freight from between the UK and Ireland. That's, yes. Uh, so it goes. Is it between like Dublin and Holyhead? I think it does, isn't it? No, it's Pem- well, Pembroke, uh, Rosslare, most no, most completely of the time. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did he say? Did he clock up? I think he clocked up three hundred ferry crossings last year. I think it was something daft no. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite impressive because I, I did. Uh, I did suggest that his when he's he got his new XG, he should have got a telegraph rather than rather than actual gear stick fitted in there to make him feel at home. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a, that's a hell of a good looking bit of kit as well. It's uh, really well turned out. So uh, yeah, yeah. that would make a that make a nice little uh, 
Well, I'm hearing, I've heard some positive feedback from what I've heard about the daft so far because the, the thing that everybody's been comp- complains about them is the wiring and the one mm-hmm. the fault the sensor folks that come on. Yes, uh, yes. And I've, I've spoken to a couple of people who are running very early, like proper early ones, like they weren't even like fully finished when they went into service. Like I, one of them, like didn't have a microwave in it because they didn't have the thing yet, and they were just going to go. Yeah. They needed to get the truck out there, so they just take it. And these are super early trucks, and they're not flagging up. Um, phantom warnings and um, having, having issues with things when things are going into limp mode or anything like that, which is definitely a positive thing with a, with a completely new truck. That's um, yes, a good sign. So hope, absolutely, hope, 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 it looks like they've um, it looks it looks like they've um, addressed some of those issues and up to build quality. Time will tell. Mm, yeah, I look forward to seeing actually seeing one to sit in and sit in the flesh because I haven't. I've seen them on the road, but that's as far as I've seen myself yeah, as well. I so I'm, I'm not even sure if I've sat in one. They had one at Truckfest Scotland, and I can't remember if I sat in it or not. Uh, mm. No, I don't. I, no, because I had mirror cam. I don't think I did, and I would have remembered that because I'm quite curious yeah. as to whether or not their mirror cam is better than Mercedes. Because I'm not. Yes. Conv- I, 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 Mercedes don't quite have that that right, and I'm not sure. By definition, if a mirror cam can ever be better than mirrors, and they say, "Oh, you're getting rid of those blind spots," and I'm like, "Well, they're not." really blind spots. I've never really lost something completely behind a mirror, especially the mirrors you get on the new trucks, which are much more slim uh, than the ones that were out there previously. Rather, I I, I bob my head a bit constantly when I'm driving. And if you look Mm -hmm. down, then you can see the top of your trailer and you can see a way above it. And you you can't adjust that perspective with a mirror cam. It's always a fixed point of view, which... uh, Unless they can go and attach something to your head, like it's a virtual reality thing, so it will move with you, then it's never <laughs> going to be quite. Unless it's going to detect what your head's doing, which would be super complicated, I imagine. It's never, going to, never quite going to be uh, quite going to be as good. But it's just technology for the for the for the sake of it. We've got to have it. Same with like electronic handbrakes, which. To be fair, I'm quite enjoying the. I really like the electronic handbrake in the new Scania. Mm-hmm. Where you've got the green, you push the green button, and then you just it automatically applies after a few seconds in the brake pedal. That's uh, that's nice that, but um, again, well, the good thing with something goes wrong when it gets old. Yeah, <laughs> but the good, the, <laughs> but the good thing with mirror cam is you eradicate a blindside reverse, don't you? Because uh, the, 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 yeah, the camera make, will track. Yeah, it can make blindside reversing easier. That's the, the yeah. one thing that I say it's got in favour of it. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you, uh, you'd have to, uh, that would be something that we, I would like to go and uh, te- test out sort of between that. Well, it'd be interesting to see how it would do against uh, the industry leading mirror, which is the Volvo mirror. Although yes. like Scan- Scania, and it looks like Bath have got very close as well with their, their designs. To, to go and see it. Interesting to see them side by side to see how yeah. that, that, work, that works out. But there are guys out there who, fair play, they absolutely love their mirror, love their mirror cam and wouldn't sort of go back to it. But there's also a lot of guys that are like, um, it's not it's not particularly well well liked. It's something which is a really splitting splitting opinion between yeah. driver, drivers at the moment. But I think a lot of that is. People are because people don't like to change today. And it's the same when when the digital tachograph came out, there was mm. such an uproar and such a hoo ha. And uh, I mean, when was the last time you used a paper card? Because um, um, when was it? Probably in my Foden, <laughs> which yeah. was 
when did I sell it? Was it right at the start of 2021? So you've gone back over a uh, over a year at least anyway. No, but further than that, because I sold it in 2020. So yeah. If you I have to further than that, I uh, if you have to go back to using one, they are a pain in the backside. They really knowing exactly how long you've done on your break without if you forget to time it and all things like that. And it's just so much grief. The the, the Digicard, when it came out, there was big uproar and hoo-ha and now it's yeah. just so, it's so easy i wouldn't want to go back to paper card definitely just, not and, I, and 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 as opposed to a degree as well with the automatic gearboxes as well um whether that's no, I don't I don't know. New, new automatics are just phenomenal now it's just incredible what they can do you can go up a steep hill off-road and these modern trucks and it will change up gear going up the hill and there's no yeah. way that you can get that changed on that quickly it's just incredible yeah. the way that they, they can like rifle into the gears so quickly and I've not had any problems I'll get to it and I won't have the truck I've been driving this week but anytime I've been doing even like tipper work and things going on to sites and, and the throttle control on them now is just fantastic what they've managed yeah. to get that level of responsiveness so you can be you can get such a, a technique down it's such a fine art Maneuvering. Uh, hmm. That's really incredible what they managed to do. But that's only really come in to that level sort of in the last, probably since 2017 when Euro 6C came in, I reckon. That's when the gearbox has really uh, took, up, took things up to, to, another, to another level. It is a lot more involved. And I guess people would find it quite tiring and stressful to be driving a manual um, a manual all, all day. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially if you're doing like city work or you know urban yeah. environment, it would be a pain in the backside. It really would, but um, it's still something I enjoy. I know you enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I did, I did two years with that Ford Alpha eight wheeler uh, on a, a five days a week every day, and I, yeah. I did have the wrong seat in it, but I did end up with horrendous sciatica in it as well because I was sitting twisted slightly out of shape, changing gear all day in that sixteen speed manual. So you know, my, how many times you pump the clutch? Over yeah. a period of a day, so it didn't do me any. It didn't do me any good. Yeah, <laughs> it can be. I mean, I would like, I would, if I was back out driving sort of full time. If I'm up here in Scotland and providing I'm not doing urban things, and I got offered the chance of a manual tractor unit at this point in time, I would take it mm-hmm. because I am wary of the fact that they're not going to be around for much longer, and I would yeah. take the opportunity to have it now before they basically become completely. Completely ob- obsolete. Yes, um, but it's not. They aren't as. They're not as. They can't do. You can't do things on manual that you can do on modern automatic. It's as simple as. It's as simple as that. Yeah, they'll soon be soon be a thing of the truck show, won't they? Uh, well, just as long as we get, like, as long as we keep our diesel engines for a good while longer. Yet, you know, we don't want them to be going going anywhere um there was an event with electric trucks in sweden last week uh bob beach and will shars were out today uh yeah. got some really good feedback on um how good th- these electric tractor units went because they've got eye shift gearboxes in them because right. like it's been said before oh electric vehicles don't have gears they just move but the model yeah. just spin but a truck doesn't quite work like that and it it doesn't use very many gears the electric motor it maybe only uses like three of them or something when you're going along in the flat. But if it hits a steep hill or something, then it can make use of all the ratios uh, in the iShift gearbox, which is a good which is a good thing because it's just pretty much that brings it closer to being uh, like a normal truck, the sort of thing that we all know and love. We a viable option. Be, yeah, we don't want to be driving like a, you know a glorified milk float. We want something that um something that does that behaves 
you know, like a lorry, like a machine. Well, I I do anyway, you know, that's that's what yes. I want. So that's that's yes. another positive sort of thing. Volvo said they're going into production sort of um, later this year, I believe. So right. you'll probably see them on the road soon. It's not going to be... If you're sitting there, it's not going to be full weight stuff for a lot of things. You're not going to see them hooked up to bulk tippers uh, or tankers or long haul tractor units that are driven by trampers. It's not going to be a thing. But the supermarket guys, they're going to be all over these electric. Mm -hmm. They're going to be all over these electric trucks going going forward when they come out. But they are, of course, as well, incredibly expensive. And the government's not doing anything to help people buy them at the moment. I think in like Germany, you can get an enormous amount of rebate and kickback off getting an electric truck, but there's not much of that in the, the UK at the moment. Of course it's so. not. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I did have a test drive in a, what was an electric diesel hybrid when they launched the FH4 in 2013. Mm. Uh, amongst the stuff that you could tr- have a go in was, well, it was the FL... Uh, look, the 17 tonner was it F- FLE or whatever it was? I can't remember now. Yeah, or LFM, and that was a, a diesel hybrid with electric. And up to about 30 miles an hour, you'd run on electric, and then the diesel engine would kick in, and away you go. It's really mm. strange to be driving something completely and utterly silent, and then it would kick in. It was just sort of that was designed obviously for urban, you know, multi drop. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing, but it just never seemed to go anywhere. Hybrid, think- not, hybrids have been pushed to the side, really. You don't yeah. see much of that. Even in cars and things at the moment, I think it's, you don't see, the Prius is obviously the most famous hybrid, but I don't really know um, what the situation with, it, with them is with, with modern cars uh, at the moment. They seem to have kind of gone kind of full, full electric. But again, with electric cars, there's no sort of scheme or grants in place to go and get to, to get something like that. My parents would be perfect candidates for an electric car, but they're just so much more expensive. And you know, my dad likes his Nissans, and he's just got a Nissan Duke, top-of-the-range thing, 20-inch um, wheels, one-litre turbo engine and 115 horsepower, cracking-looking thing. But the alternative is like a Nissan Leaf, and that yeah. looks garbage. It's a stupid <laughs> thing, and it's much, 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 much more expensive. So it's not, it's not a, a viable option anyway. And it isn't. It only does like a couple of thousand miles a year. So the emissions that are coming out of that car overall, its carbon footprint, uh, is just nothing. It's yeah, you know, it's all going, you know, you know, some somebody who smokes twenty a day probably puts more out into the atmosphere than that car does over the entire yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you were driving for Terry Seaman. Um, yeah. You were you were on a couple of other people as well. Uh, yeah, I've done a few days. You've got quite a. If you've got a few different people you're driving for at the moment, you find that the phones going sort of quite regularly for people looking for drivers. Quite busy in that respect. Yeah, it certainly seems to be. Uh, most of the people I work for are always saying, you know, let me know if you've got any extra days, sort of free. And um, I've even had HC Wilson's message me because they, they've been really busy this week, but I was already booked with Terry and, and I'm also doing a little bit for Normans of Halesworth as well. They've only got six six trucks, I think it is. Uh, so I've just got a few days to fill next week because uh, I've got a couple of days driver training. And then the week after that, I'll be back on the on the pet van for my my one week a month going to who knows where. Um, could could be literally anywhere. So um yeah, nice little. And once again, well, it could be. Little... And I tell you where it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I know where it won't be as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I, I've also uh, been given or, or 
uh, a brand new Tom Tom seven inch Go Expert sat nav right. by by QD UK to to oh, trial right. and yes, QD, yeah, good guys yeah. there. We know they are yeah. advertising truck and driver. Um, they lent me an aircon unit and. 2020, I think, to go and demonstrate and keep try for the magazine. And yeah. then we both forgot about it until I found it in my spare room again. And then I messaged them because it was worth about a grand. And I was like, you want your air cooling unit back? And they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot you've got that. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they forgot all about it. You know, I could have, yeah. Could have kept, kept, I mean, it wasn't really, it wasn't this big air con unit. It's, it would work in a truck, but it wasn't really a truck thing. It's more designed for, I would say, a motorhome or a static caravan or something like that. It worked yeah. in the house as well. But living, yeah. in, living in a, an ex-council house in Scotland, you know, we don't need air conditioning. But I want to treat that thing any. Want to treat that thing anyway. But uh, yeah, I'd sent that back to the guys. The guys at um, Cuda. Uh, you might get a deal on that if anybody's looking for a, a portable aircon unit that will also run. Um, it, it, it plugs in and it's got it plugs in and runs um, sort of um, off um, electric power, but it's also got a battery on it that you can charge up as well. Sort of oh, right. So I you got a fancy sat nav from Kuda. Yes. This is this is a new truck sat nav then, is it from Tom Tom? Yes, it is, yeah. And it's uh it's really, really good. Uh I'll tell you what, the one thing that I cannot find is a clock on it to tell you what the current time is. And I didn't realise how much that you rely on the clock on the sat nav to see what the time is. Mm. Although you're surrounded by clocks, most most people have a watch or a, a smart watch, whatever they're called, and every modern vehicle has a clock yeah, on it, doesn't it? Your phone's every, got time on it. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. yeah. But I just I didn't, didn't realise how much I sort of use the clock on the sat nav just because it's there and, and you're sort of keeping a regular eye on it. And it seems to be such a glaring omission from must Tom be on Tom. This, must be on there somewhere. <sighs> I mean, I, I, I've been... Mine. I've been through it. Another friend of mine's just got one. He's been through it. He can't find oh. it. And so, and somebody did mention that it's due to come with an upgrade at some point because it seems to have been... Because uh, it'll update, I, it, won't it? You'll, you'll yeah. just plug it in and then it'll do... Yeah. Load updates. Oh, well, maybe it's just a, a random emission. I mean, sat-navs, more and more trucks are coming with sat-nav built into it. And it's quite notable now that the new ones you get do tend to have TomTom in them. Yeah. Because at the previous generation... MAN, DAF, Iveco, same with the gearbox. They don't, They all seem to use the same sat-nav, which was yeah. the same setup as the one you would... If you bought the truck sat-nav off eBay that came in like a Chinese tablet, that yeah. would be the same sat-nav as what you got in the trucks. I had... I've got mine sitting up sitting up there. It would be quite out of date now. And that, that always worked all right, all right, that. Although it would mm-hmm. have... What I always find with sat-navs, set the sat-nav, when you know where you're going somewhere, always run the sat-nav, run it all the time and watch what it does and the routes mm-hmm. that it tries to take you because yeah. it'll do stupid things so mm-hmm. often. They yeah. do this all the time. I watched this today when I went into Edinburgh because I had Google Maps running and I had Tom Tom and the truck running to go into Edinburgh and both of them wanted to take me a stupid route, which makes me think if I'm in I said I'm, I'm familiar with Edinburgh because it's the closest city to me. But like most other other cities, I'm not particularly sure about where I'm going. So you just you tend to use the sat nav or try and plot routes. Of, uh, try, well, it's always a good idea to kind of try and have a look and plot your route in advance and make sure it makes sense. Because I'm sure a lot of the time that they're, they're doing stupid routes that it's not the the optimum uh, optimum route. It may be like completely the the safest one by by what it considers, but it's by no means the the most efficient. But 
what I find, what I like about uh, Google Maps, which I run, which I, I keep running uh, alongside a truck sat nav anyway, is you get the alternative route options. It gives you three different routes. Uh, yeah. Does the TomTom give you give you alternates? It it does now. It's very similar. Uh, once you put in where you're going, it will come up with like the quickest route and two other alternatives, and it loads up. I mean, I've got the the outgoing model. I believe is a sixty two fifty, which is what I've been running for for the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so much quicker than that. I know it's obviously a lot newer, et cetera, et cetera. But the the speed it loads up at is just incredible in comparison. Um, weight limits are really well marked as well, with like with an actual weight limit sign on the on the display as you're driving along, showing you. You know, you can't turn right, you can't turn left because that is a weight limit, obviously, unless you need to go into a weight limit for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and it's, I just find it really handy as well, be able to set your height because, like, Normans will do a bit for most of their trainers are 4.6, but they do have some that are slightly higher than that as well. So you just have to be a bit wary of what you can and can't get under. And, and that just takes that sort of concern out, out to a degree, which is quite nice. So oh. it's it's a really good bit of kit. I I would definitely recommend getting one if mm. if you're looking for a good what's trucks. The, trucks what model is it again? What's the what's it's it called? Tom Tom Go Expert. Don't have a model number. Uh, it probably will have, but I don't have it to hand. It's downstairs at the moment. Cool. Well, um, Tom Tom Go Expert. There you go. Have a look at that if you're in the market for a new sat nav. Buy it from Kuda. QD UK, yep. QD UK. Give them a shout. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Well, I say, I have, I've actually, I've been out driving again this week. I'm out back in an eight-wheeler tipper, uh, which is Volvo's FM420 demonstrator. It's quite a road-orientated truck. It's got the sort of standard ride height on it, and it's got sort of highway tyres on it. But I'm only doing sort of Type 1 uh, and tar. So it's not yeah. like doing particularly hardcore stuff. And it's nice to be back here. It's a bit of a culture shock getting up at five o'clock in the morning again. It's Tuesday as we're recording this. And I've just had two nights where I haven't slept very much. And I'd like dozed off earlier before we did this podcast because just as my, <laughs> as, my, as my body and mind try to align again to get used to being, to get to getting up early in the morning. But it was, uh, yeah, that Volvo is a, 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 uh, impressive but it, but it yeah. hit. it's very smooth. I mean, they, they do knock you about about eight wheelers compared to a tractor, and the suspension is harder. But compared yeah. to like a previous generation eight wheeler, that thing is like a limousine. It's so well damped. Uh, I like that it. it's got the Volvo dynamic steering, so you can change the steering responsiveness, uh, and you can custom set it. But I took it on right. the standard setting because eight wheelers are much lower geared with the steering, so you've got loads of steering lock. Yeah. So uh, I I changed it to responsive setting, and that that was that was nice. That sharpened things sharpened things up nicely. Uh, being the four twenty thirteen liter, I think it's got like two thousand three hundred newton meters of torque, which is loads for for um, thirty two thirty two tons. Um, yes. And I did today. I was I went into the middle of Edinburgh to York Place where they're doing the trams. So I had a good bit of driving sort of in city centres, and it's got good. Uh, the, the height off the ground it's not too high up some eight wheelers are getting too high off the ground yeah uh, in terms of, with the cab it's got nice deep sculpted side windows it's got the window in the door uh, at the side yeah. it's got a good set of mirrors on it and I like it uh, I liked it there a lot and then later on in the day I got at three o'clock in the afternoon I got a load of tar I went into the Scottish Borders 
which was a bit of a, a bit of a pain, really, because yes. it was so far away at that time of day. But I got it. Thankfully, I got it tipped all right. But that was like running down sort of single track roads, constantly twisting back and forth all day. Uh, and it did. It was just as good out in the countryside in that environment uh, as it was in urban urban areas. A lot of interest in it as well. There's not a lot of Volvo FMs, um, eight wheelers around in this part of the country. I'm driving it for Archie Johnston, who's the majority of his fleets Scania, and he's got some of the new MAN TGS in now, which he seems to seems to quite like. So I've got that for a whole week, and I'm yeah, I'm uh, enjoying that. It's good to be out on the road, especially when it's like a bit of a bit of sunshine and everything, and getting out, yes. getting out and being mobile. It's so much better than sitting at my desk, which I complain about constantly on this podcast. But you know. <laughs> And as what it is, I like to you know it's it's good to have the to get that to keep your um, keep up to date with all, all the new trucks that that, that are um, coming out. I'm quite fortunate to be able to get a hold of these demonstrators, and, and like I think I, I'd mentioned and all that. If, if anybody's looking for somebody, so somebody maybe getting on later in the year or something like that, give us a shout. You know, if you've got something interesting, I could drive or maybe I could bring something to you. Maybe we could do something. I like to do lots and lots and lots of miles. I don't like sh- I don't want to be shunting about the Midlands all week. Thanks very much. <laughs> Are you got you got any shows or events planned to go to thus far? Are you just um, kind of going to see see what comes so, up? Because obviously there's a retro truck show which is later on in the year. So, so, the re- so there's def- definitely the retro, and there's also the CVRTC show at Gaiden as well in June. I shall definitely be there for the weekend. Uh, the retro show, I'm not sure if or what I'm going to take because the F16 of Richard Warren is actually off having restoration work done as we speak. So whether it's going to be back on the road by September or not, I don't know. But I have approached Jim Kamak about taking his 143, which he said I could. Uh, But I don't know if there's any other options, just in case that sort of falls out of bed or or what. So um, who knows? But yeah, yeah, could, yeah, that's actually actually a thing I could do because uh, I definitely need to go this year. I missed it last year because it wasn't well. Uh, yeah, I wonder what could I what could I take to the retro show because that's such a good event. So, yeah, we've got convoy in the park coming up in Wales in May, which is a way out of Pembrey. So I've got that to go to. I'll just get there in the car. Uh, we've yeah. got Brands Hatch before that, the Easter Truck Racing weekend as well, which has been complicated slightly by the fact that it's a Scottish Cup semi-finals weekend with the football. Up the road, so uh, uh, we'll have to see see about <laughs> see about that. Um, and then we've got the the convoy convoy on the plane in July, which uh, is that's got the classic touring cars racing at it. John Cleland's running a Vectra at it. And I, oh. think maybe, I think maybe Anthony Reed's running a Nissan Primera, which Brilliant. was one of the ones for nineteen ninety eight. So that's going to be amazing. That's what? just totally that totally like changes my perspective of that show. I know it's our own show, and I should be like, yeah, amazing. But it, it, I'm like, the fact that it's got the touring cars at it, that genuinely does make that twice as exciting for me with being like when I'm not doing stuff with trucks I'm doing stuff with 90s Vauxhalls <laughs> excellent yeah well I, I've I, I did I didn't actually mention it to you but we've already been booked up to do the Greek run again with the with the dogs uh, in July mm. um, we, we've had an email requesting the pair of us to take them take the same dogs back down to Athens again so uh, got another little jolly 
coming up, which is nice. It's a nice one to look forward to. Um, obviously, we won't be on the Euroferry Olympia, as, yeah. we, as, as we discussed in the last episode. But um, no, yeah, yeah that, that's that, a bit, got a bit hot. Yes, but uh, yeah, that actual job has been confirmed. So that's uh, that's one that's coming up again soon, which I'm looking forward to. Definitely go and go and find some more old uh, trucks and cars and some nice Greek food. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I was quite fancy, mm. and I was thinking about. I really would like to go on a holiday this year, provided everything doesn't get ridiculously stupidly expensive. And I quite like the look of Cyprus. That looks yes. uh, nice. I was there in 2016, and I'd maybe. Like to go back there at some point, but I don't think I would go sort of high season, sort of July. Just to, to, oh, no, just, just go somewhere a bit quiet. See, see what happens. Yes, see what happens with any of that. But I, um, I, I think we're pretty. Much, I think that we've pretty much covered everything for this one. Uh, I think so. You've, you've got anything else? Nope. Any other uh, business? Nope. No. I mean, all, all I'd say is, as it's episode one hundred, is uh, thank you yeah. to everyone, everyone who's messaged me and and told me how much they enjoy us doing this. Um, even if I can't remember you the next day, Phil Barton, I do apologise <laughs> because <laughs> uh, because I'd imbibed a little bit too much the night before and I felt very silly when I couldn't remember who he was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, um, you know, there's, there's, I've had quite a lot of positive feedback from quite a few different people. So uh, I'm just really glad that people enjoy listening to us have a good old chat, yeah. really. Yeah, thanks for the support, folks. It just uh, it's um, it's a great thing to be able to go and get to one hundred episodes. Um, it would have been nice if we didn't run straight into COVID and uh, in the pandemic when we started the podcast. <laughs> you find that uh, if you listen to like podcasts going back, sort of maybe like, well, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan ones recently. I only just got into that, and you listen to the ones from like twenty nineteen, uh, and which is before like COVID and everything, and then everything kind of changes a lot with that, and you can date things a lot a lot, a lot more. So. Yes, but it, it just <laughs> it is what it is. Here's to, here's to the next one hundred. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, cool. Well, thank you very much, Matt. I shall catch up with you again soon cheers yes mate yeah yeah cheers doggy speak to you soon thanks for listening to the truck and driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news 100 percent for drivers visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of truck and driver magazine which publishes on the last friday of every month the truck and driver podcast is produced by sound rebel To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.